you guys doing today? Good? Getting ready for 4th of July? I like that new song, Jeff. Out of the Grave. You guys like that song? I started thinking about that and uh, about 45 years ago, or 1971, when I ran out of the grave. And thank God for that. Thank God for that. I love it. God's still working in our lives, isn't he? It really is. Today, we start part five of our series on Sermon on the Mountain. And I love it when these guys give me an opportunity to teach the Word, because I love teaching the Word. I really do. been doing it a long time, and I look so forward to doing that. I love the words of Jesus. I really do. But in the Sermon on the Mount, that takes up three chapters, chapters five, six, and seven. Jesus says some hard, hard words, aren't they? They're hard words. Hard words to live. And being a Christian, I'm telling you, it's not easy, is it, guys? It really isn't. This world wants us to live a certain way. And Jesus, our master and king, that we were singing about today and worshiping him, wants us to live a different way. That's what happened to me 45 years ago. I ran out of that grave and I changed my life with Jesus' help. I'm living for him now. And that's what we're supposed to do. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And we're to please him all of the time. And if you're anything like me, we fail miserably sometimes in doing that, don't we? We really do. But you know what? He still loves you guys so much. He loves you more than you'll ever understand. And the longer I know Jesus, the more I know just how much he loves me and how much he loves his people. We're going to look at a subject that I think that from time to time, each and every one of us, we fall into it. We really do. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at a few verses in there, starting at 25 all the way down to 34. And what we're going to be talking about is worrying, talking about worrying. You know, worrying goes along with living in this world that you and I live in. It almost seems like you can worry now more than you could ever worry because there's so much crazy stuff going out there. There truly is. There's so much we can worry about, guys, isn't there? About relationships, about our job, about our future, about our finances, maybe even your, your present situation. Sometimes you're going to look like that. When worry grabs a hold of you. It's a terrible thing to fall into, this whole worry thing. But today, as we look at the scriptures, Jesus is going to give us a treatment that alleviates worry in our life. You guys want to alleviate worry in your life today? I'll tell you what. You do what I tell you to do. And really, it's what Jesus is telling us to do. You can alleviate worry out of your life. And that's a good thing. It really is. Because remember, God's word sets us free. That's what it does. So as we take God's word and we apply it into our life, that's what sets us free. That's what, that, that takes us from this place and puts us over here in this place. Takes us from the kingdom of darkness and places us in the beloved, bright, light kingdom of Jesus Christ. And that's where he wants us to be living. Before we get to this section, we kind of need to talk a little bit of the previous verses, and I don't have them up there. If you've got your Bible, you can kind of look at them, but I'll just mention them to you. Jesus did some straight talk to the 
people that gathered around him. And, I, and it doesn't say how many people gathered. I have a feeling there might have been thousands of people at that time. Maybe there was hundreds. But people came to listen to the words of life that came out of Jesus' mouth. They knew something was different when he spoke. He knew that his words had power in them because they were literally the words of life. But he gave straight talks about money and things. And the people of his time, listen, they're no different than you and I are. They struggled with things in their life. They struggled with keeping a balance in their lives just like we do. How many of you struggle with that? that, that it's so hard to keep a balanced life. And that's really what God wants us to have, a balanced life. They got caught up in doing the same things that we do. And what is that? What he was talking about is they were, they were pursuing and storing up treasures here on earth. Treasures on earth. I know you guys know that our, our home eventually will be heaven itself. Jesus said straight talk to them and said this. He says, don't store up treasures on earth. Don't store it up. Jesus gets pretty straight with people from time to time. I have to say that my little grandkid, I got a four-year-old grandkid, and I'm finding out now more and more and more, I'm saying, don't do that. Because Papa knows what's good for you, just like our Heavenly Father knows what's good for us. And his reason for not storing up those things is that, moth, that moths and rust can destroy it, that thieves can break in and they can steal it. How many of you ever had anything ripped off from you? Thief stole it? Yeah. We had a house in Culver City uh, over 35 years ago. It was our first place that we lived at. And when we were getting ready to move up here in 1985, they tented it. Thieves went in there and stole everything we had. Wow. That was a pretty incredible experience that we had at that time. But the point that Jesus was trying to make here is if you keep trying to store this kind of stuff up, sooner or later there's going to be disappointment in regards to these treasures, these things that you're that you're, you're, you're possessing. Cars are going to fall apart. Houses are going to need fixing. Clothes are going to wear out. They're going to get worn out. The list get, it goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Stuff just falls apart. That's just how it is. And nowadays, they build stuff to fall apart, so you can go buy more stuff. And in verse 22, he, he, he speaks to this vast crowd and says to him, he says, you guys need to, to guard the eyes of your heart. The eyes of your heart. I didn't know we had eyes of our heart, but I guess Jesus knows that we have that. And what he was really trying to say is that, you know, when your eye is good, when your eye is clear, when your eye is healthy, your life's going to be full of light. See, before I ran out of that grave, my life, the eyes of my heart, boy, they were dark. And I lived in darkness. I truly did. Deep darkness. His point speaking to them is that they need to have a clear focus on heavenly things, not earthly things. This earth is going to pass away, guys. It's going to be gone one day. It truly is. But the heavenly will last forever and ever and ever. And see, if, if we focus on earthly things, we're not going to be able to live that balanced and that blessed life that our heavenly Father wants us to live. He wants you to have that. A balanced and a blessed life. But there's so many Christians nowadays that Jesus isn't their focal point and because he isn't their focal point because he isn't really the treasure of their heart. They don't live that balanced life. They get caught up in so much worrying 
and so much trouble because of that. Then in verse 24, the verse before we look at today, 25, he said to them, he says, look, guys, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve money, and you can't serve God. It just, it's not going to happen. You can't do that. What he's saying to them is saying, look, it, your, your affections and your obedience are going to be split. They really are. You're, you're going to either, as he said there, he said, you're either going to hate one or you're going to love the other. You're going to be devoted to one or you're going to despise the other. Those are heavy words. Jesus is saying, are you going to love God or are you going to love your stuff? Are you going to love money? What's it going to be? Those are hard words. They really are. You see, we as Christians are supposed to have a different value system than the world that you and I live in. We live in this world. We can't escape it. Jesus said, hey, you know, you're in the world, but don't be a part of it. Don't take on the value system of this world. This, this world loves stuff, and it loves money. It worships that. But he's saying to this group of people just like you guys today, and saying, guys, don't do that. Serve God. That's what you need to be doing, serving him. And I tell you what, when you keep trying to get, when you keep trying to keep all of that stuff and all of that money, it can cause you great anxiety and great worry, can it? You guys know it does do that. Let's stand up as we read verse 25. We stand up every Sunday. It's kind of something we do at Journey, and we do that to honor God's word. They did that in the Old Testament one time. They hadn't read the word of God for a long, long, long time. And I think it was Hezekiah. I could be wrong. One of the young guys will correct me. Jeremy will correct me. Uh, and, they, and they stood up and just listened to the word of God. They wanted to honor it again because they quit honoring it. That's why we do that. We honor God's word. Verse 25, and I'll read it, says this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Help us to love it. Help us to read it, Lord, to meditate upon it. Help it to be the thing that we run to, Lord, when we face things in our life. That we don't go running over to this or running over to that. But we go running to your word, Lord, because it gives us the truth. And that truth does set us free. It is this word that is to be our rock, Lord, Lord, because you are the rock. You are the living word, Lord. Help us to build our life upon it, that when the winds of life blow, Lord, that we'll stand strong. Open our eyes now. Open our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He told, these, he told these people, and there probably was a bunch of them, just like probably today, that were gripped with some worry in their life. And he says some real clear words. He says, stop it. Don't worry. Don't worry. That statement addresses an attitude that you and I can have, and we can fall into it from time to time. And you guys know what an attitude is? An attitude, it's, it's the way we think. 
It, it, it's a feeling. It's an outlook. It, it's an approach on life that we have. And he says, don't have that kind of approach on life. Don't worry about all this stuff. Life is full of disillusionments. It's full of distractions. It's full of disappointments and disheartening cares. Amen? You know it is. And the older you get, the more you know how disappointing it can be from time to time. Our lives are filled with so much more complex cares and problems than the people of Jesus' time. You say, what do you mean? Man, the technology and all the stuff that we have, it just creates more complexity. It truly does. It just gives us more and more stuff that we can worry about. And Jesus, our Lord, saying, you don't need to worry. Stop. Stop worrying. The American version says this, take no thought about the essentials of life. The amplified version says this, it says, when it's talking about here, it says uh, that it doesn't want us to be perpetually uneasy about things. You say, well, come on. I mean, you know, I, I, I got to be concerned about certain things that come into my life, of course. But there's a difference, guys, between worry and between concern. Worry, if we let it grab a hold of us and grab a hold of our heart, it'll mobilize us. But what concern is supposed to do, you know, a lot of people, people have asked me, you know, you guys on, that come on Wednesday night, you know, I told the whole story of my neighbor trying to sue us and all that. And people say, man, are you worried? I said, no, I'm concerned. And I had to do something about it. I had to go get a lawyer. See, that's what concern does. It should motivate you to some kind of action. There might be something on your part that you need to do about it. And I'll talk a little bit, bit more about that. Because a synonym is this on worry. Fret, be concerned, be troubled, agonize, lose sleep. How many of you lost sleep at night worrying about things? To be bothered, be gripped with fear, be uneasy, be nervous. Uncertainty truly can fuel worry in our life, can it? Remember years back when the economy was doing really, really bad? It's doing pretty good right now. I hate, you, I hate to tell you guys the bad news, and I don't want you worrying about this. It's probably going to flip again. It's just how it is. I've lived a lot of years, a lot of decades, and that's just what it does. It goes around. And during that time of uncertainty, boy, worry just goes all over the place. And again, Jesus is saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Listen to this verse. This is great. I love it. It's one of my memory verses. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Don't worry about what? Anything. But instead, what does it say? That we're to pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience what? God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as long as you live in Christ. It guards your heart and it guards our mind. I, I've used this verse so many times when I teach. I think God's trying to say something to all of us. We need to let his peace guard our heart and our mind. But that comes as we pray. Look at this slide I have up here about worry. I love it. I found this when I was studying Worry doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles. It takes away today's peace. That ought to be a biblical thing. And it sounds like about the book of Proverbs. You know, 
said in the first service, I think that's in Randy chapter 1, verse 1. But wow, it's powerful, isn't it? It'll take away your peace. But as we're praying about everything, as we say, I'm not going to worry, man, God gives us his peace. First Peter 5 says this, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. He cares for you. And then Matthew 13, Jesus was speaking to them and talking to them about the, the seed. And he says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by what? The worries of life. The worries of life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. Worries crowd out God's word in our life. And what I was thinking about, too, when, when we start worrying over and over again, you know what it does, guys? We can't hear God speak. We can't hear his voice. We really can't because we're so preoccupied with all of this worry. And God's just there, there trying to speak to you, and you can't hear. It crowds out the word of God. Mark Twain said this, and we've got a picture. He was a handsome guy. He had that mustache like Lorax. If you guys don't know what Lorax is, I didn't even know what it is. All of a sudden, the joke of the whole church was that I'm Lorax. And I went, I don't even know who Lorax is. My grandkid probably knew, so I don't know. You guys have to put a picture up there, all Jeremy or something. But I like his mustache. I really do. But look what Mark Twain said. Can you believe this? I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happened. How many of you can identify with that one? You better believe it. Well, quit worrying. Psalm 55 says this, give your burdens to the Lord and he will what? He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and to fall, to slip and fall. So Jesus says, don't worry. Now let's hear what he has to say here, okay? Verse 26. Look at the birds. They do not plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, richest man in the world, in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. He uses two examples from nature about how much God cares for us. And that's what he's trying to teach them. And I think that's what God's trying to teach us today, that God cares for us so deeply so deeply. He sees it all. These birds, and they used to live just to sing for the king, for Jesus. And what I found out when I was studying this, I've never been to Israel. I'm going to get there one of these days, whether I go with the church or whether I go when Jesus comes back, is that they were on a migratory path. I mean, birds would go from one continent to the continent, and they would fly right past them. So it's not like around here. We're not on a path like that. So there were probably hundreds of birds that would fly by. And even Jesus, maybe when he was speaking, saying, look at the birds of the air. Look at them. 
They don't even have to worry about anything. I've provided everything that they need. They don't have to plant. They don't have to harvest. They don't have to store up. They just need to find the food that I've left for them. Luke chapter 12 says this. What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins, like two cents. Yet God does not forget a single one of them. God knows them all. And the very hairs of your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. Don't worry. You are more valuable to God than the whole flock of sparrows. The Bible is full of just illustrations of God taking care of his people. There's a great story about Elijah, and and as I was studying this, it kind of came to my mind again. Elijah, he was the crazy guy that, you know, never died. God took him back up into heaven, you know, in the fiery chariot. I'd love, wouldn't you love to go home that way? That'd be great. But he prophesied that there'd be a great, great drought that would last for three years. And God told Elijah, he said, Elijah, I'll take care of you. You don't have to worry about a thing. So you know what he did? He told him to go down to this place, this nice little brook, little creek, you know, running by there and stuff. And God took care of him. Took care of him with the water. And you know what else he did? He sent drones to come and feed him. He said, drones? He sent ravens. How many of you know that story? He sent ravens to Elijah to feed him each and every day. So when it was feed time, he'd look up and go, well, here comes one of God's drones. They're going to take care of me today. They're going to bring me the food that I need. Took care of him. So all of a sudden, the brook dries up. God says, oh, it's time to move on. I'm going to send you to this this widow and her son who are about ready to die, but I'm going to take care of them and take care of you. And he goes to the lady's house, and he kind of tells them the whole situation and everything, and she goes, well, we just got a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour here, but I guess, you know, we'll just make it, and we'll all die together or something. You know what? It never dried up. The flour was always there. The oil was always there. There was always enough. Always enough. And we never be cons- need to be concerned. We never need to worry that there won't be enough, guys. Because with God, he'll always give you enough. I don't care what happens to you. Where you're at, financially, whatever you do, God's going to take care of you. He really is. Jesus posed the question to this whole group of people. Did you get that, what he said to him? He said, hey, guys. Well, you're worrying, add one more moment to your life. We all got 24 hours, that's it. You can't add a thing. What he's trying to say to him is says, worry doesn't have any power. It really doesn't. It can't change you. It can't give you one more minute of your life. And really, if you look at it, worry really is a sign of what? No faith. A sign of no faith. Jesus pointing to the lilies of the valley. I think we got a picture up there. You know, they were probably beautiful. And just talking about the lilies of the valley. And he said, look, God took care of them. I don't know if any of you have traveled on Highway 138, you know, and that's kind of out where the poppy fields. Any of you gone out and seen the poppy fields out there? Uh, Not very many. (laughs) But if you go out there, you head out there in the springtime, man, it's beautiful out there. 138 takes it from the five all the way out to the kind of Mojave. And boy, the desert comes alive with poppies all over it. And it makes me think of what it must look like. 
See, he's trying to, to help them understand that God sees their practical daily needs and that God sees our practical daily needs, whatever they might be. They don't go unnoticed. And he's concerned about our lives and the needs that we have. That's why you can say, quit worrying. I know what you need. I got a little grandchild, Josiah. I should have put his picture up there. He's a cute little guy. Love him to death. I love him to death. But I started thinking about it that, you know, when we were all kids, and I was a kid one day, a long time ago, but I, through my grandchild, I, I sit there and goes, you know, this little guy, Josiah, I go, he doesn't worry about a thing. His parents take care of everything. He doesn't think about food. He doesn't take, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't think about any of it. He's totally and completely trusting his parents to take care of him. And that's kind of what Jesus is trying to say here. He says, can't you trust my heavenly father, your heavenly father, to take care of all these needs? Just like you were when you were a little child and you just trusted. Romans 8, 32, it says that he'll graciously give us all things. Graciously give us all things. Well, you're waiting for the treatment. Here's the treatment. And we're going to look at it. These are Jesus' words. These aren't mine. Verse 30. And we'll go through and we'll kind of pick it out here. We've got four things here. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why don't, excuse me, why do you have so little faith? Verse 31. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And then here it is. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. In other words, do the right things. Live right in the sight of God. And he will give you everything you need. Everything. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Number one, if you're taking notes or make a mental note on this, he says you have so little faith. So the number one thing for the treatment of worry in your life is you got to have faith. you got to have faith in God. Listen to Matthew 17. It says this. And he's talking to his disciples or others that were listening. He says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith enough, as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, and he probably was pointing to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. You guys know how small a mustard seed is? It's like, it's like a, the, the top of a pin. That's how small it is. So you don't need much. Just that little bit of it. And if we have that little bit, he's trying to say, look, these mountains in your life, if you've got enough faith, they can be changed. They can be moved from here to over here. People of the Bible exhibit such great faith in God. They truly do. But a lot of people exhibit really a lack of trust and faith in God too. Chapter 11 of Hebrews, we're not going to look into it, we don't have enough time, but boy, it's the hall of faith and it... Man, it speaks of so many people. By faith, they did this. By faith, they did that. It's, it's unbelievable. You would be inspired by hearing the things that they did. But remember Abraham. God calls Abraham to go to a different land. 
think about uncertainty. He's living in this place for years and years and years, and God said, no, I'm going to give you another place. I want you to pick everything up you got, your family and everybody, and just move. I got something else for you. That's uncertainty. And Abraham could have worried himself to death over that, wondering what in the world is going to happen. Is God going to take care of me? Is he not going to take care of me? But you know what? He went, and God took care of him. What his faith did, and this is important, it helped him to conquer his uncertainty, the uncertainty that he was facing out there. And that's what faith does for you and I, guys. It helps us to conquer that uncertainty that we face in our life from time to time. And we're going to get it. We're going to get uncertainty from time to time. Moses' desperate parents, they find out that Pharaoh, this crazy guy, is going to kill all of the firstborn because he knows there's a deliverer coming, and I better get rid of him. What did they do? They released their young baby, put Moses in this little basket, and they just sent him on down the, down the Nile. That's faith, thinking that God was going to take care of him. How many of us would want to do that? But I'm going to tell you what. That wasn't worrying. That was concern because, you see, it motivated them to do something. You see what I'm saying? They needed to make that basket. They needed to put it down, and then they just prayed, Lord, take care of them. We're going to trust you to do that. That's concern. Moses, later on in his life, he faces that impossible, an impassable Red Sea. And what does he do? He has faith in God, and he sees the hand of God. It opens it up. Everybody goes and goes on the other side. I tell you, that's powerful, guys. That's faith. Jeremiah 17 says this in the New American Standard. It says, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. The result is here in verse 8. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear, doesn't have to worry. When the heat comes, its leaves are always green. That's talking about health health and vitality. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Wow. So the first step, you got to have faith in God. Second is in verse 33. you got to focus on God, focus on him, and not on your problems. Seek the kingdom first, above all else, guys. You got to seek him. You know, the old Jesus movement days, you talk about it a lot. So we used to sing that song, Seek ye first, the kingdom of God. It was just that verse. We'd sing it for a half hour sometimes. It was a beautiful song. But it was reminding us that that's what we need to do. We need to focus on God and not on our needs. Philippians, we already talked about this. The New American Standard says, don't be anxious about anything, but again, in, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Listen, you got to take your eyes off your problems. Some of you are so focused on your problems right now, you can't even see Jesus. you got to lift your head up and look to him and get your eyes on him, seeking him first above all things. And then verse 33, here's the third thing. You need to expect that God will come through for you. God will come through for you. That's what he says. Seek the kingdom first, and I'll take care of everything else for you. You need to expect that God is going to take care of you. Again, how about the birds? How about the lilies? 
How about the men that I talked about in the Bible? They're Elijah. God took care of all of them, guys. God will take care of everything that you need. Everything. Just like my little grandchild Josiah knows, mom and dad are going to take care of everything. He never worries about a thing. Now, when he gets older, he might. You never know. And here's number four. And we're getting ready to kind of close this up here. Number four is that we are not to get preoccupied with future needs. Did you hear that? Don't get preoccupied with future needs. That's what he's talking about there in verse 34. New American Standard says that each day has enough troubles in it. Isn't that how it is sometimes, guys? Wow. Some days there's a lot of trouble that we face in there. And some days it's like, wow, this is nice. I can breathe a little bit here. In other words, I would say it this way. I would say don't look too far down the road. Don't do that. I'm going to tell you, it's not a good thing to do. You know why? Because you can't see what's around that corner. Nobody can see around the corner. God can, but you can't. Sometimes we worry so much about what's going to happen here, what's going to happen here, and and what's going to happen here. Don't do that. Matthew 13, 22 says this, and I just kind of want to focus in on what it says about worry. It says, the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of, of wealth chokes it, chokes it making it unfruitful. It takes it away. I've got one last slide, I think. Is that my last slide I have? Yeah. Hey! (laughs) That's funny, guys. That's good. (laughs) All right, put that back up again. What do you think? (laughs) Uh, I love those guys. I wish my mustache looked good that good. But look at this slide here. This ought to be scripture almost. It says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Well, you think about that one for a moment. Just rip it right from us. As we wrap this up, listen. If you have an injury, if you have an illness, if you have a sickness, what do you do? You go consult a doctor. That's what you do. I got a free doctor. She lives right across the street from me. So I go pay visits to her all of the time, asking her about certain things. And she just, she loves it. She just lights up. She's young yet as a, as a, you know, as a doctor. So she's really intrigued by all of that stuff. But I go and consult her for those things. You'll ask me questions. You know, they, they want to know the symptoms. You know, we've all gone to doctors. You know, they say, well, what happened? How, how did this happen? You know, what's, how long has this been going on? It, you know what they do then? What do they do? They prescribe a treatment. That's what they do. They prescribe a treatment for us to do. But the thing is, is that they expect you, when they give you the treatment, to do something with the treatment. And see, that's kind of where we are today. It's like, here's their treatment, guys. I'm just bringing you what Jesus said. And, and I just hold it down and say, here's the treatment. You want to get worry out of your life? Do those four things. Get the scriptures into your life, and those worries won't be there. They won't be there. Dr. Jesus, the great physician he's called, 
His treatment works. It will alleviate the worry that is in your life. It really will. You know, every week we have people up front here that will pray for you. And we'd love you to take advantage of that. We really would. And I know at times it's hard to kind of come up in front and usually, you know, they're up here after or during the last song and then after the service. Sometimes it might just be a good thing for you to, you know, get out of your seat and come forward. And if it's too much for you to do it during the service, listen, come up after the service. We don't care when you do it. Sometimes we just need people praying for us, don't we? Sometimes we just need to kind of lay out our burden before somebody and maybe they'll give you a word or a scripture or something. But take advantage of that. I think I've spoken enough. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Jesus, for this treatment. It's so simple. What I found out about your word, Lord, is it is really simple. <laughs> it's so hard sometimes just to apply it to our life. I don't know what that is, God. Some things that block it, maybe our own pride, maybe our own stubbornness to just to let go and, and let you take over. I don't know what it is, Lord. But thank you so much for this treatment. I know our future might hold uncertainty. But help us, God, as we learn today to just have faith in you. Just that little bit of faith like a mustard seed. Help us to get our eyes off of our problems and our cares and get our focus on you, Lord. And help us to expect, to know that you're going to take care of us. You're going to meet our every, every need. And help us not to get so preoccupied with the needs that are out there, the future needs that might be there. Thank you so much, Lord, for you. I pray for somebody that's here today, maybe a handful, maybe even more, that you don't even know Jesus. Maybe you're wrapped up in worry and having a hard time in your life. I want you to know something. Jesus can help you. Jesus can help you run away from that grave that you're living in that sin and that shame and all you need to do is right now just say Jesus come into my life I recognize that I haven't been doing such a good job and I want you to take over my life Lord I surrender to you as my Lord and as my Savior make me a new person Lord make me a new person have it start today bless those that have said that today Lord God I really do I really pray your blessing on them for all my brothers and sisters that are in this place, may they not worry, truly. May they just trust in you because you care so much for us. It's in your name that we pray, and they all said, amen. God bless you guys.